What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. I'm Faraz Siddiqui. We got Zach Rizzuto over here with me as well. Uh, we are going to go live every day. Every day of the fantasy football season, we'll be live. Well, maybe not on the weekends. Actually, on Sundays, we'll be going live a ton as well before the games start. But in terms of this podcast, in terms of this YouTube channel, uh, Monday through Friday, uh, we're going to be going live. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll get the timing exact for you. Uh, but as of right now, as of right now, we're thinking, uh, you know, Mondays, Wednesdays and Fridays, we're probably going to end up being, you know, on the air, uh, you know, at noon, Tuesdays and Thursdays will probably be on the air at, at nine o'clock in the morning. Uh, this is all Eastern time, but as subject to change, but for the, but as of right now, that's what we're looking like. Uh, so Zach, man, how you doing? We're here. Start of the football season week one. Are you, yeah. are you excited? Are you excited? We, we got our Labor Day episode going today. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> Everybody else taking off? No, there's no days off in fantasy football. We're taking this, and we're going to get you guys what you need to know. <laughs> no days off, man. Listen, if you take, if like, as content creators for fantasy football, if you take off one day during the week for football, like, you know, you're losing out on <laughs> so much stuff. Everything, yeah. Uh, there's so much stuff going on, you know, every single day. Uh, and there's so much to prepare, you know, for waivers, for matchups, for rankings, for all, all that all that stuff. There's a lot going on. So, uh, you know, we're going to, you know, and, and, you know, I do want to kind of break down what our, our schedule is going to be looking like, you know, for the season. Uh, but but week one, you know, th- during this week, you know, this week is a little bit different, obviously, because there was no games on Sunday. Uh, to review but normally on the monday episode like today's we would be going over all the sunday action all the fantasy headlines and storylines and you know all the implications coming out of sunday you know we kind of break that down on monday what it means uh we'll also talk about like early waiver wire guys you know that that we're thinking of, of adding uh tuesday will be our official waiver wire show where we go over all of you know our official waiver wire picks in order ranked uh, and we'll have some graphics up here on YouTube to kind of go over that, but we'll also, you know, obviously talk about it. Uh, so everyone, everyone listening on the podcast will know exactly who to pick up. Uh, Wednesday, we're probably going to talk trades, talk about who to buy, who to buy, who to sell. I was going to say buy low, sell high, <laughs> uh, but that's not always the case, right? It's right. Just sometimes you want to got you want to buy buy guys high because you know that they're going to continue the production. Um, but yeah, that's going to be the major episode. Obviously, you know, in every episode, we're going to go over any news and notes that come out, any injuries that we have to talk about, anything we have to break down. Uh, we're going to be doing all that. Uh, Thursday and Friday are going to be mostly our matchup episodes. Uh, we'll obviously be going over the practice reports as they come out. Uh, Wednesday practice reports don't mean too much, but Thursday and Friday definitely does, right? And then you want to kind of stay tuned for our Saturday newsletter that will go out every week and we'll kind of, we'll be going over that newsletter. We'll be going over, you know, kind of the final practice results. And then we'll go into Sunday into our lives on Sunday morning to kind of, kind of round that out. Uh, but yeah, Thursdays and Fridays is really where we're going to be getting into all the matchups, into all the start sits, all that kind of stuff. Uh, so yeah, so we got a full, we got a full weeks, full week plan Every single week for 17 weeks, uh, yeah. you know, going into the fantasy football season. Zach, yeah, I was gonna say that's like, not just a full like, week plan, that's a full end of year plan, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is going up until all the way until the end of the year. Um, you know, so so we're excited, you know, we're, we're, we're ready to, to, to get it going. 
Uh, I haven't had my coffee this morning, unfortunately. It is Labor Day, so we did stay up late last night. Uh, we went to a friend's house for a barbecue, so we were up late, even with the kids. I got a six-year-old and a four-year-old. Dude, we were up late. You know, they were playing. They were hanging out till like, 11, 1130. Uh, we got home at, like, 1. So, like, you know, you know, no coffee this morning. But, hey, listen, we got to wake up, you know. We're here. Up here fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> we're here. All right. We're so, here. so I want to get right into some stuff going into the season, man. Um, you know, there were you know, a few news and notes uh, that we want to kind of go over. Uh, w- one thing that, you know, a lot of uh, fantasy managers seem to have a little bit of caution over is Matthew Stafford's arm, uh, his elbow, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it, it seems like, you know, it, it seems to me like he's okay and, and you know, it's not too much to worry about, but it keeps coming up, right? And, and part of it, obviously, is the media keep bringing it up and, like, really trying to understand what's going on with that elbow. Yeah. But, you know, Jordan Rodriguez of the, Rodriguez of the Athletic was reporting that they will be monitoring all season, right? But also... Sean McVay said that, you know, he doesn't see any limitations for Stafford, right? right? Curious, like, do you, are you concerned at all about his arm? And should we be avoiding him in drafts? You know, should we be avoiding his weapons in drafts? Um, I, I guess it's, it's relatively easy to avoid a quarterback in fantasy football drafts because, like, there's so many to choose from and you're not really limited if you're taking guys like, I don't know, guys like Dak and Tom Brady and, right. you know, Guys like that, maybe even Joe Burrow, you know, over Stafford, and you're just like, you know, whatever. Like, it's not a huge delta anyway. So, mm-hmm. is it is it worth just kind of passing him over, or are we overthinking it? I think as of right now, it would be overthinking it. We haven't seen him play, and obviously the reports are just reports at this point. So, you know, you can say anything about any player you want. I'm not worried about his elbow injury until I see it on the field, and, you know, Cooper Cup isn't catching passes because they're poorly thrown, you know? Matt Stafford has the weapons that if he's a little bit off, you know, the team will make up for it. He's on a very good team. I don't think he's going to have any trouble replicating the production that he had last season. I'm not fading him in any way because of this injury, but I will be monitoring it like they said they're going to be because a similar situation kind of arose in Dallas with Dak last year where, you know, he tweaked his calf and, oh, you know, he's fine. It's just something we'll monitor. You know, it's a slight injury. But it really actually changed the way, you know, his fantasy production ended up being from the beginning of the season, the end of the season, the beginning of the season, Dak was on a torrid pace and then tweaks his calf, throwing that one touchdown pass to CD in overtime against the Patriots. And, you know, he comes back and he just doesn't look the same. Suddenly he's hot and cold. You know, he can beat up on Washington and put up 30 points and a half and then turn around and have six points against the Chiefs, which should have been a, you know, a barn burner for fantasy football. So if it becomes that situation where suddenly, you know, the consistency isn't there, the injury is really bugging him, you know, even though they might not let on, I'm monitoring for that. But as, as things stand right now, no, I'm fine. I'm fine targeting Matthew Stafford. I'm not paying any mind to this injury until I actually see the effects. Yeah. And the fact that, you know, he was just throwing like in training camp without any limitations and he was just throwing, you know, he was, he was fine. Like we never really seen or heard of any sort of, you know, issue with that arm or him, them keeping him off the field or anything like that. We haven't seen that. So if if that's the case, you know, you would think that they would want him to want to keep him fresh, right, yeah. for the regular season. So if if they're not really limiting him or you know, you know, uh, counting his reps during training camp, like I'm not, I wouldn't be too worried about it because they they want to win another Super Bowl here, right? So like, it's not like, you know, they're gonna not take any precautions they can, 
um, to potentially, you know, not have them all season. So uh, mm -hmm. I'm not worried about it either. Moving on to New England, Bill Belichick continuing to praise Ramondre Stevenson, man. Like, you know, this time around, like before he was talking about his blocking ability, and this time around he's talking about his route running ability. So the closer we get to the season, it's seeming more and more like Stevenson is going to be there passing down back. Ty Montgomery hasn't been placed on IR just yet, uh, short-term IR, where which in which he would be out for four weeks, the first four weeks of the season. Uh, mm. It didn't happen yet, but it, it is likely that it could happen. Um, so with that being said, like, Look, if you're looking at Stevenson as a passing down back, you look at what the Patriots did last year. Mac Jones, he was eighth in the league last year in check down rate. You know, this is looking like a situation yeah. where Belichick might be moving towards a player actually seeing time on all three downs, which we haven't really seen before, right? They had James White, right? They had a whole bunch of passing down backs over the years, right? They had, they had Brandon Bolden last year, you know, taking over that James White role. But Brandon Bolden is with Josh McDaniels. Uh, you know, in, in Las Vegas. And it's funny because now that Josh McDaniels is not, not there anymore, now we're seeing the Patriots' way of using running backs in Vegas, right? right? Like with Josh Jacobs, right? And like two early down backs, right? In Josh mm -hmm. Jacobs uh, and the rookie, right? And then you have uh, Brandon Bolden there right now, right? Playing that passing down role. They had Kenyon Drake, playing that passing down role. And they are, I'm sorry, uh, they also have Amir Abdullah as their main passing down guy and Brandon Bolden being their backup right. passing down guy, right? So they didn't need Kenyon Drake. So that's what they're doing over there. And now he leaves, and now Bill Belichick's like, oh, all right, well, I think I'm cool using, you know, backs on all three downs. Like, I'm cool with that. So I wonder if it was like a Belichick thing or if it was a Josh McDaniels thing, right, in terms of how they use their running backs. Right. Uh, so and we're going to find out this year, right? We're going to find – it's not like they – you know they did try to bring James White back, right? So yeah. they did want him to play that role. Uh, but you know, Ty Montgomery, like, is he really that experienced? Is he really going to be? Is he really that good on passing downs? You know right. what I'm saying? Like, is he really going to be that guy? Should he really be the guy taking that those snaps over a guy like Ramondre Stevenson? I don't think so. Like Stevenson's explosive. Like he could be that dude uh, who you know actually makes an impact. Uh, in the passing game, it makes plays opposed to Ty Montgomery, who might just get a job done. Yeah, right. So, if Ty Montgomery doesn't get any playing time early, Ramondre Stevenson can can, and if he does well with his opportunity, it's probably his job to lose. Yeah, now I'm with it. Ramondre Stevenson has to capitalize, and I really hope he does because you know, like you said, Ty Montgomery isn't a guy that's going to be you know like starting or should be starting over a young guy like Ramondre Stevenson. You know, Stevenson's fresh. Montgomery's been in the league a while. He's been injured. Um, he had his heyday back in Green Bay in like 2017. I think that's what it was. He he was passing, he was catching passes from Aaron Rodgers. He was actually decent from a fantasy perspective. I don't know if anybody remembers right. those days, but oh, I he remember. was he was a pass catcher. You know, he could do his work. Yeah, I think he actually was one of those guys that went. He was a wide receiver, and he came down yes. and he, he played as a running back then. So it's not like um, Montgomery doesn't have that in his skill set. However, Ramondre Stevenson, we've seen him play. You know, he really does look good, and I think that the Patriots like him. I, I There's no reason for Montgomery to be taking touches from him. If if Stevenson can capitalize while Montgomery's out, or presumably out, to begin the season, there's no reason to think that he can't just, you know, like you said, have the job and make it his to lose. Um, Damian Harris seems to be, you know, the the running back. 
you know, he's just going to run. You don't hear many reports about him. Uh, they've all been about Ramondre Stevenson. If there's any back I'm targeting in the Patriots backfield, which I'm not really, but I will, it's going to be Ramondre Stevenson. Yeah. Um, now, there are also rumblings about Stevenson potentially taking over this backfield. Like that one, I don't see personally. Right. I, I don't see that happening. Like, I don't see any advantage uh, to letting Stevenson get in the line share of work. Um, you know, from Belichick's point of view, like keep both backs healthy, right? Like keep them both around like 15 to 18 touches or whatever it is. Like, you know, that's not ideal right. for fantasy um, to have that kind of split. But I, I think that's what they end up doing because it makes more sense for the team, right? So yeah. I think Ramondre does have RB1 upside, but only if Damian Harris gets hurt, in which case, you know, I think Ramondre has a chance to get all the work and actually see like a, a huge, a huge snap share, which is not something that we, we, we're used to, uh, you know, in the Patriots backfield. Right. Um, now, I want to move to the West Coast here. Uh, 49ers, you know, they cut Jermichael Hasty, right? And that kind of got me wondering if Elijah Mitchell would assume that, you know, those third down snaps, right? Uh, yeah. But the athletics, Matt ba uh, Barrows, believes that it's likely going to be Jeff Wilson, who is the clear number two right now behind Mitchell um so I, I don't think Tyrion Davis price is going to be a factor at this point like he did not have a good camp um mm -hmm. but I keep an eye on on undrafted running back Jordan Mason you know throughout the season because yeah. he's someone who apparently has had an amazing camp in all aspects of the game I was talking to my guy Jason Aponte who covers the 49ers and he basically said that you know I asked him I was like hey who do you think is like the best pass blocking you know running back in that in that backfield you know, and I was going to say besides Jeff Wilson, but he just like didn't let me finish and he just liked Jordan Mason. So for a rookie, undrafted rookie to have that title and for, for one of the guys who covers the team to think that he's one of the, their best pass blockers is a great thing, especially in this offense where they value that a ton. So just yeah. keep an eye out on Jordan Mason. You know, um, you know, if Elijah Mitchell were to get hurt, um, I think Jeff Wilson, you know, we kind of know what he can, we know what he, we know what he's capable of and, you know, He's he's a solid player, but like he's not somebody who is gonna who's like amazing. However, it is possible that you know he does take over um, and be that one A in this backfield. If there if that is true, that there is a clear distinction between him being the number two and everybody else. So you know if Elijah Mitchell were to get hurt, it seems like Jeff Wilson you know might be that guy. Uh, yeah. So just just wanted to kind of point that out and say like hey you know you know if Elijah Mitchell were to get hurt. Jeff Wilson might be the guy to pick up. Number two, it probably won't be Elijah Mitchell on third downs, on passing downs. Uh, he'll probably have a very similar role to what he had last year. Yeah, not here. And I I actually kind of think that, you know, the Niners released Trey Sermon. You know, that was kind of a surprise to me. And But, you know, uh, Mason's there. Uh, Jeff Wilson's there. I think this kind of skews the backfield more in favor of Elijah Mitchell now i mean it might, it might just me being crazy and me hoping that you know he can actually return on that investment that we talked about a little bit over this offseason but you know trey sermon i thought was going to be a decent contributor i was going to be taking touches from elijah mitchell if anybody and now he's gone so for me you know i i might be kind of targeting elijah mitchell a little bit more now because i don't think jeff wilson's like this talent that should be you know taking too much work from Elijah Mitchell. Now, obviously, they might feel differently. Yeah. I'm not there coaching the team. But I, I can see Elijah Mitchell now kind of having more of a stranglehold on this, you know, lead back 
role in the offense because you know I, I don't think any of the guys behind him are that impressive yeah <laughs> if that no, makes sense. you know it, it's much less crowded it feels like now because you know you said tdp didn't really have a really great camp you know he didn't have the highest draft capital of any running back and i don't think they plan to use him this year jeff wilson's been around but you know he'll he had good games as a handcuff that's about it and we don't know anything about mason so for me you know i kind of kind of bump elijah mitchell that's just me though <laughs> No, that makes sense, man. It makes sense. When you have a, you know, like I was saying that Jeff Wilson is like the clear number two. It seems like, you know, Elijah Mitchell is the clear number one here. And there's no, there's no doubt about it. And, you know, the fact that we probably, I don't think we're going to see this a whole crazy rotation here, right? At right. running back. I don't think, you know, I, I I can see Jeff Wilson playing the, the, uh, Jermichael Hasty role, like third downs, that sort of thing, you know, third and longs and, you know, obvious passing situations he's on the field for elijah mitchell uh but elijah mitchell is probably going to be the guy and he's he is uh a value at this point you know in drafts like if you're still drafting like he's still a value um yeah. and the fact that he has a little questionable tag you know next to his name in drafts uh makes him slide a little bit you know because yeah. you know not only is there you know perceived uncertainty in that backfield but he's also you know hurt he has a hamstring injury but it seems like he's going to be good to go for week one um according to kyle shanahan so uh that, that, that's good news if you did draft him you could probably start him right away as an rb2 yeah. even though you got him in the fifth or sixth round um i want to talk about isaiah likely and the ravens i've been getting a lot of questions about about hey man like is isaiah likely going to be a fact factor in year one, um, you know, he had a ridiculous preseason, right? He caught every ball thrown his way. Uh, yeah. You know, he had that, you know, listen, man, like he he had a, a very impressive, you know, first half a couple of weeks ago where he just balled out. Uh, he's looking good, man. We, you know, I saw him personally at the Senior Bowl. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he looked good at the Senior Bowl. Like he didn't overly impress at the Senior Bowl. But, you know, we knew what his athletic measurables were. Uh, we knew – you know, that he was a primary receiving option. Like, he was not going to be a guy, you know, you know, blocking in line or anything like that. Uh, but as of right now, it seems like he could be that third option, right? And yeah. and the athletics, uh, Jeff Zebrick believes that he is the closest thing that the Ravens have, uh, you know, to a you know, third receive as a third receiving option. And that makes sense, right? Like, because, you know, you have – Obviously, Rashad Bateman on the outside. You know, he's due for a breakout. He's going to be their wide receiver one. Uh, and you have Mark Andrews, obviously, you know, probably potentially leading this team in targets. Right. Um, and then there's nobody after that. However, you know, we have to kind of keep in mind that this offense is going to be a, a particularly run-heavy offense, right? Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of play action, that sort of thing. So I, I just don't know if there's room for a third option here to be, like, extremely fantasy relevant. Now, can likely, you know, catch eight touchdowns his rookie year? Yeah, I think so. I think it's possible. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it's something that we're, you know, we're, we're kind of starting him as a low-end tight end one or anything like that. I think it's more like, you know, he's one of those guys that you might pick up off of waivers, like if you're desperate, uh, where there's no tight ends on on the, on the board. You know, they're going right. up against a team that has been giving up a ton of touchdowns, two tight ends, and you kind of throw them in your lineup and you hope for the best. Uh, I think that's kind of the extent that I see his role playing out this year. Yeah, no, I hear you. And and I just kind of laughed because, and this has nothing to do with what I'm going to say about it, but I just saw the 
report come up on like sleeper i don't know if you got the notification i said likely likely to be the third option <laughs> in the ravens i, did see I, did I was see just that. like man that was just it's just funny you think it's a typo but that's how it is um no i i, I love isaiah likely because you know as a tight end i think he plays like a receiver and that might bode well for him because we know Lamar doesn't really like targeting his tight end. I mean, Mark Andrews is there, but Mark Andrews has pretty, you know, eye-opening splits when you look at how Mark Andrews played with Lamar in the lineup and how he played when he wasn't in the lineup. So the fact that he's not really, you know, handing the dirt, he's not blocking tight end, he's more of a receiver, he's very athletic, I think is working in, in likely favor, especially in offense quarterback by Lamar Jackson. Like you said, I agree. You know, I don't know how good the third option on a very run-heavy uh, offense is going to be you know third option in the Bengals offense is going to be much different than you know obviously the Ravens but um you know you can bet on talent with him you can pick him up as you know really really late waiver something like that if you're in a pinch like you said and I think you'll be fine if he does end up playing a decent amount of snaps I don't think there's any situation where he's not going to get the ball he's not going to get a decent number of looks he might not be Mark Mark Andrews but you know, six, seven targets a game would be enough as a streamer to kind of have value. I think as a tight end, especially if they're coming, you know, on deeper passes or if they're coming in the red zone, that kind of thing. We know Mark Andrews is there, but, you know, it's just you get those weird tight end touchdowns from people that you've never heard of before all the time. So I really like what likely showed. I think that he showed that he can be, you know, a really not I don't want to call him a game changing tight end, but, you know, defenses will have to pay attention to him they're not gonna be playing for him but they have to pay attention and that could actually open up the offense for the rest of the ravens too ultimately for me though it comes down to lamar jackson you know i want to see how he plays i think lamar is very good but we just have to see how this target distribution is going to work because there really aren't that many options in this ravens passing attack and it might make it difficult because it'll be relatively easy for them to key in especially if likely takes a little time to get you know, up to speed because then the top two targets will be there. This could be a very, very, very run heavy offense and kind of disappointing for people who have their eyes and, you know, as I likely have an ear tag on him. Yeah, no, I hear that. I hear that. I'll, I'll say this though. If you have him in dynasty and he's, you know, people are interested in him, s- sell him for what you can. If you can get a 2023 20, second, you know, get him. If you, if you, if you can add a little bit more to the deal and then get back at 2023 20, first, do it. <laughs> Right. So um, one thing yeah, about that, you know, that's two episodes now you've been telling people to sell Isaiah Likely. So if he comes out and he ends up being something awesome, you know, people are going to be coming back to these episodes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I get it, man. I get it. But it's just, you know, you got to look at where he's drafted, you know, look at his sports score, you know, yeah. look at a few things, you know, correlations that, you know, or, you know, things that are correlated to like fantasy tight end success and stuff. And yeah, you know, he could be an outlier. Sure. But, yeah. you know, from a fantasy perspective, like, it makes sense to sell this stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, Isaiah McKenzie's a guy, you know, uh, you know, we've been talking about all offseason. Um, and you know, he obviously he won that starting job. Uh, he was hurt and just wanted to say that he should be ready to play this Thursday. It looks like mm-hmm. he should be good to go. So if you have him, you know, and, and you need somebody to throw in your flex in a PPR league, uh, go for it. You know, I think it looks like he is going to be good to go. Um right. Another guy who looks like he's going to be good to go is Albert O. Now, you know how we were talking about Albert O and um, him? Just a note. Go ahead. Sure. Uh, about Isaiah, Isaiah McKenzie. Oh, you said to please. throw him in your flex. No, don't do that. Put him in wide receiver spot. Leave your flex open. This is a Thursday. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. Good call, Zach. Zach, there you go, man. 
There you go. Zach brought up a great tip here, man. Don't, and this starts right now in week one. I know. I know you want to put Cam Akers in your RB1 spot or RB. Wait, the Rams are playing those, right? Flat. Is, yes. Is, it's the Rams and Bills, right? Rams and Bills, yeah. Right? Okay, yeah. Rams and Bills to open it up. You know, like, I, I know I know you want to, like, you know, the, like guys like Isaiah McKenzie, like, you know, he's not going to be your wide receiver one or your wide receiver two, right? Because you got, like, these other guys, these other studs. Yeah. I get it. But like Zach said, don't put him in your flex. Put him in your wide receiver one or wide receiver two spot or wide receiver three spot. You know, don't throw him in your flex. Here's why. You know, and and listen, let's say you have CeeDee Lamb, okay? Like, CeeDee Lamb doesn't belong in my flex. Listen, man, it doesn't matter. The points count the same, okay? So (laughs) throw Isaiah McKenzie in your wide receiver spot if that's who you decide to play, if he was going to be in your flex anyway. Throw him in Mm -hmm. your wide receiver one spot. This is just an example. Put CeeDee Lamb you know, in your flex spot, okay? When you, Moving on, you know, throughout the weekend after Thursday, there's still going to be a practices on Friday. There's still going to be practices on Saturday, depending on who's playing on Monday night potentially, right? What if somebody gets hurt, right? Now, now you have flexibility, right? One of your other wide receivers gets hurt. You throw C.D. Lamb back in the wide receiver spot, and now you have flexibility in your flex. That's why it's called flex, Okay, you right. can throw a running back in there. You can throw a wide receiver in there. You, you can throw a tight end, end in there. Isaiah yeah, Likely. <laughs> Isaiah Likely. You know, you could you could you could have flexibility, right? Opposed to if you if you threw Isaiah McKenzie in your flex for a Thursday night game, now one of your wide receivers got hurt on Friday. Now you are pigeonholed into playing a wide receiver in, in to replace that player. That right. is that is the problem with playing, you know, a Thursday night player in your flex. Did I explain that properly, Zach? Yeah, I think you got it. I just want to make sure. We don't want people <laughs> no. to be coming back. They'll be like, oh, they told us to put, put that, players from that, Thursday Night Football on our flex that's spot. A, <laughs> he is a flex type of player this week. but Yeah, no, he feels flex. like it, definitely. But, but I, I understand why I said it. Like that. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a good call out, though, for sure. Um, so we've been talking about Alberto also all offseason long mm-hmm. as being a potential sleeper. And as the preseason has gone on, we're just like, ah, I don't know anymore. You know, because he's playing all game long in preseason games that don't matter. Uh, and then they held, they hold him out in the last preseason game. However, it seems like he has he had a little bit of a nagging injury. And that mm. could have been the reason why they held him out. Um, he has a lower body injury. We don't know exactly what it was. Uh, apparently, he could have played if it was a regular season game. So we'll see what happens this week. I, that's one of the guys that I'm looking at, you know, hard, right, th- this, yeah. this week because – I want to know how they use him. I want to know what his route participation is. I want to know if, you know, Russ is looking for him, you know, because the offensive coordinator, you know, they've been talking, I mean, they've been talking about him, right, and moving him around, using him in different ways. Russ has been talking him up as well. You yeah. know, Russ is like, I told him to do something. He did it. I'm so proud of him. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's what Russ talked like Russ oh, literally said that the other day. Yeah, he's <laughs> like, you know, we were talking about this before practice, and in practice he saw the same re- read, and then he did it, and I'm so proud. Oh, my goodness, Broncos country. Let's ride. Let's ride. (laughs) And like, you know, so like, I want to know what, you know, his role is going to be. And, you know, if he's actually going to be that sleeper that we thought he was going to be. So, you know, I I did draft him in a couple leagues, you know, I, and I'm not feeling great about it. You know, I would, (laughs) I have like other tight ends on reserve just in case, you know, Albert O doesn't work out. Um, But I'm, I'm, I'll be very curious to see, you know, what happens. They are playing on Monday night. Um, And are, are they playing? Are they playing, they're playing in Seattle? Seattle. Um, of course think, they are. Let me see. They are. They're in Seattle. Yes, they they're, they're in, in Seattle. Seattle. Russ back mm-hmm. in Seattle, week one. Wow. Yeah. 
that no, had to have been planned. <laughs> yeah, I would assume so. I would assume so. Monday night game. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's 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 what's up. That's what's up. I, I, I want I want Russ to just tear it up. To be honest with you, yeah, I want I'd be Pete okay Carroll with just, that. I'm a Cortland Sutton owner in a few leagues. <laughs> there you go. There you go. I, I want Pete Carroll to be just like racing up and down the sideline, not knowing what to do. Uh, yeah. But the only difference is that you know he has Geno Smith as his quarterback now. Yeah. See what you did, Pete. <laughs> See what you did. You got Walmart Russell oh. Wilson. It's all your fault. <laughs> yeah. Another guy who's coming back from injury, man, Russell Gage. Uh, he is on track to play in week one. Russell Gage has become a, a screaming value to me uh, in fantasy drafts over the last couple of weeks because of this injury, uh, because of Julio Jones signing. Um, yeah. Those two things. Now, for me, it's like if I can get Russell, I, I've seen him fall to like 11th, 12th round at this point, and I'm grabbing him all day at that price because, listen, like, I'll, by the way, I'm also drafting Julio Jones now. Like, I, yeah. I, I kind of like kind of flipped on that a little bit where it's like, all right, well, maybe he can play a Gronk type role at wide receiver. And, you know, he could be a wide receiver three with wide receiver one upside uh, yeah. because he could potentially catch like two touchdowns, you know, in, in a game from Tom Brady. And mm -hmm. he hasn't got hurt all camp, which is a great sign. But um, it's not a very high bar to clear. It's but, not. Yeah. <laughs> and he's, he's also 34 years old. Yeah, you know. And if Russell Russell Gage is going to potentially get some playing time here, and and I'm very curious to see what that split is going to look like. Um, you know, and you know, I I'm not gonna I'm not gonna assume that Russell Gage is just gonna stay off the field the entire game because Julio Jones is there. No, I think it's going to be somewhat of a rotation. It's possible that Julio Jones is mainly an end zone threat. Um, you know, he might not be an every down player. So Russell yeah. Gage is going to be you know on the field a ton. We'll see what the status of Chris Godwin is. Um, and then Julio Jones, you know, is he going to stay healthy? So there's a lot of, like, variables here. Um, and I want to just kind of try to get a wide receiver who's, 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 who now we know is talented, mm. who can separate on the outside, and who's going to be playing with Tom Brady, right? So, like, I want that guy <laughs> on my bench, yeah. right? Even Dagger. though I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to be playing him week one because I don't know what, you know, that, that lineup is going to look like. Now, if Chris Godwin doesn't play, Right, and it's possible that he doesn't. If he doesn't mm -hmm. play in this game in week one, I think, I think you could roll out Russell Gage, you know. Uh, yeah. And since they play on Sunday, you can put him in your flex <laughs> you know, if you want to. <laughs> right, uh, right, and right. by the way, by the way, I do like to play my flex. Like if I can get my Sunday night player or my Monday night player in my flex, that, that's ideal. It doesn't always work out that way. But yeah. the guys who play later in the day. Those are the guys I like to put in my flex. So, like, like whoever plays, like, in their early set of games, like, I'm on the East Coast, so, like, 1 o'clock game. If you're in the West Coast, it'll be a 10 o'clock game. Those are yeah. the guys I want to put in my main slots, my main running back slots, and my main wide receiver slots. And then the flex, I'll, like, put, like, the later player just because you never know what, what kind of news will come out right before the game. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, man, like, Russell Gates is someone I just want to invest in, you know, just because, like, it's, he's super cheap, and he's on a great offense, and he's a good player, and he's paired with Tom mm -hmm. Brady. Makes yeah. sense? Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, we've been all over Russell Gage the whole offseason. And I, I think it's fair that we've been all over, you know, that we want that we want to get him on our team. But, you know, the Julio Jones signing, it didn't throw me for a loop to start. But then, you know, you start hearing that, he, you know, he's looking good. You know, he, he, you think that he's got Tom Brady and that, you know, Chris Godwin might not play. Russell Gage has some nagging injury. Obviously, you know, it seems like he's gonna be good to go. But still, you know, it's something to consider. Like, is Julio Jones the most healthy receiver behind Mike Evans? <laughs> Who would have thought? Yeah. Right? Like, <laughs> this, this has the potential. You know, 
you know, like two years ago, hearing that Julio Jones and Mike Evans would be lining up on the same offense with Tom Brady at quarterbacks, so like would have blown people away. And you think that this would be like fantasy gold at that point. It's it's slightly different, but I think the upside is still there for that kind of be like, you know, turn back the clock and really just be like vintage. It's just like nostalgic of the good days of Julio and Tom Brady throwing touchdown passes. I could see it happening. So I think for the first week, I'm kind of more on Julio Jones than I am Russell Gage. But as the season goes on, it'll be Russell Gage. Because I remember, I just remember the reports coming fast and furious over the offseason, like Russell Gage is tearing up. He's the guy at Bucks camp, you know, that people are, he, they're turning heads. You know, he, the defense can't cover him, like that kind of stuff. Hearing all that, we know Russell Gage is a good receiver, especially after what we saw last year in Atlanta. So he's going to get his um, looks. He's going to get the touches that he wants. But, um, you know, until he's all the way back from this injury, I think he can be all the way back. But until he's firmly back from this injury, you know, Julio Jones could be, I think, a good value, like you said. And a, a lot of the fantasy community is on Julio Jones right now because, yeah. you know, it's, it's the name value. Like, you know what he can be. Exactly, exactly. And where he's going, I mean, he he's not, it's not like his ADP is going crazy or anything like that. Like, you can no. draft him and, like, not, and if he doesn't make a huge impact, you're not really worried about it. It's not like you gave up mm-hmm. a ton to get him anyway. Yeah. Right. You, you um, can turn around and pick up anybody. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Now, another guy that is also falling in drafts who you're not going to have to pay up a ton, you know, for his upside is Traylon Burks, right? Yeah. Um, now, the Titans, you know, ESPN's Dan Graziano's reporting the Titans have a major role planned for Traylon Burks. And, and, you know, it makes sense, you know, the guy, you know, in the entire preseason, you know, has been sitting behind Robert Woods, obviously, Nick Westbrook-Akina, which is a little surprising. Yeah. Um, and, you know, kind of has slowly kind of worked his way up, right, uh, up the depth chart. And uh, worst case scenario, he's like number three right now. But I, I, I have a feeling that he's going to be a major part of the game plan. Now, you know, during the preseason, you know, he did not crack the starting lineup, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but at the end of the day, it's like, what are the Titans going to do on offense? And you have to think about, you know, they're going to have to try to get this guy the ball, right? Like, he is, yeah. like, the playmaker that they have. Like, even Robert Woods. Like, Robert Woods isn't a playmaker, right? Like, he'll run routes. He'll get open. He'll he'll be, like, a solid possession receiver for you. But who's mm-hmm. going to make plays for you, Right. That's 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 Traylon Burks, right? So I, yeah. I can I I do understand that the Titans, you know, want to get him involved and they need to get him involved, right? And that's where his fantasy value is going to come from. And the fact that, you know, he's sliding in drafts, right? There mm-hmm. has been nothing but negative talk around Traylon Burks, you know, and we've been talking about it too, you know, on our podcast, you know, mm-hmm. and on our Instagram, like we've been talking about the fact that you know he hasn't cracked the starting lineup, and I, I and I get it. However. The risk reward from where he's being drafted right now is worth picking him up and throwing him on your bench to see what happens, right? Yeah. Because guys like him, even though he was he was in my top five, obviously wide dynasty rookie wide receivers coming out this year, um, mm-hmm. but it's just that I like I like the other guys over him because they were more traditional wide receivers who can get open, who can separate better than he can, but he has a different type of skill set. And yeah. if they use him the right way, uh, you know, they can get it done. Now, we, we saw a lot in the preseason, a lot of drag routes and stuff like that. And I can see that, you know, being a, a, a staple of what he does because, you know, you do kind of mm-hmm. want to get him in the open field, right? You want to yeah. get the ball in his hands against zone coverage uh, and see what he could do, you know, after the ball's in his hands because he can be electric after that point. So, you know, 
he, you know, he's somebody that, you know, when, when this type of report comes out saying like, you know, they, they have a lot, they have a lot to store for him. I, I kind of believe it because yeah. otherwise, what are you doing in the pass game? No, I, I hear it. And I, you know, I'm, I'm a Robert Woods fan. You know, I think he's a good receiver. He's been a good receiver his whole career, but he's never been, like you said, that guy that's going to have like this humongous game. And he's going to do a ton for you after the catch, that kind of thing. He's just a really solid receiver. And that that's that. And that's good for Ryan Tannehill. But you can only hand off to Derrick Henry so much. We saw that, you know, that's kind of capped the Titans that they don't have that passing game. And, you know, you can talk about how the Titans haven't used Traylon Burks as in the starting lineup for the preseason. Big whoop. He had his best game the last week of the preseason, which I think is helping him. It built up a little confidence for him going into the season. They apparently, like you said, with the reports, have plans, have plenty of designs for him to be involved in the past game. And they used a first round pick on him. So it's like, clearly they like his talent. Clearly they want to use him. So he's going to be used. And I think he's going to be have to be used. Otherwise, this offense is going to be very one-dimensional. And, you know, whether that happens, you know, we'll see. But I don't think that the Titans are going to sit back and let that happen. Traylon Burks has so much potential after the catch. He's going where he's going in drafts, you know, like you, you, you can't get hurt. There's just no reason to be like, okay, well, I'm, I'm going to fade Traylon Burks even though he's going – uh, like in the last two or three rounds of my draft, you know, I don't, I don't want to touch him now. Come on. Like you said, we talk about upside all the time. Shoot for upside. This guy has the upside, you know, he's young, even though he's had a couple negative reports on him, use that to your advantage, take him. And then the worst case scenario, you drop him, you pick someone else up. Best case scenario, you know, either you're putting him in your lineup or you're trading him for another stud. So yeah, you, you, you can't get hurt. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. All right, cool. Cool. So, so, so moving on to another guy who let's stay on this theme uh, of guys who are sliding in in fantasy football drafts, and that's Irv Smith. Uh, he is. It seems like he'll be ready to go week one. That was a sentiment, you know, with his thumb injury. Um, I think he broke his thumb, right? Is that? Is that I think that's yeah. It was. It was. It was, it was um, a thumb injury. Yeah. So he. Um. So he'll be back week one. He's a guy who's been, you know coming off late in drafts, I'm very curious to see what his rap participation is going to be uh, in week one. Now, right. Irv Smith is you know somebody that a lot of people have pegged as a sleeper tight end this year, somebody who you can grab late and him potentially be have that tight end one season finally in his yeah. career in this new in this new offense. Um, and I'm looking forward to see what he could do um, you know in this offense. Now I'll say this like you know for for me personally like I drafted Albert O with a couple leagues. I also drafted you know Irv Smith right because mm-hmm. he was also going late i want to see which of these two guys could potentially do their thing that's why i'm kind of interested to see what Irv smith can do because he's one of those guys who have slid to a point where you know he kind of blend, blends in with the tight end no man's land but yeah. like he is the guy that stands out in that tight end no man's land you know in the teen rounds um so i'm i'm more than happy grabbing him uh in drafts just to see what he could do and if he's available on your waiver wire and you don't have a stable tight end, he's somebody that I might want to throw at the end of my bench just in case because I can totally see Irv Smith being somebody that after week one, we're like, hey, man, if you need a tight end, you better go pick up Irv Smith. I can totally see him being number one uh, on the waiver wire chart for tight ends, right? Uh, so we'll see. We'll see how that goes. I mean, I'm really curious to see, you know, if he ends up being the third target um, in Minnesota, you know, behind Stefan Diggs, you know, behind, you know, obviously Adam nope. Thielen's going to get his. Stefan Diggs. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Justin Jefferson. The glory days. The glory the days, man. Like, I just went back in time. 
Yeah. Stefan Diggs, man. Yeah, um, Justin Jefferson. Not, you didn't have your coffee. I, I'm feeling. I didn't have my coffee, man. That's what it is, man. You I gotta have my. Uh, usually on this on this on these podcasts, like in the, especially the morning ones, I'm gonna have a big ass cup of, you know, a cup of like a pot right cup here, and I'm just I'm just gonna be just <laughs> drinking coffee the entire time. Um, yeah. So, but you know, be, after Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen, it's possible that someone like him can be third in targets. We'll see. You know, if KJ Osborne is that guy, I, I don't know. That it is, he'll definitely be on the field a lot more with them transitioning mm-hmm. to more three wide receiver sets. Uh, but yeah, we'll see, man. There's there's a bunch of what there's a bunch of players in that team who is vying for third third in targets, right? There's Dalvin Cook, yeah. there's KJ Osborne, there's Irv Smith. You know, so, so we'll see how how that works out. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say about Dalvin Cook. You know, the pass heavy offense now we're gonna that we think we're going to see that they're saying they're going to implement, you know, Dalvin Cook could be the primary beneficiary. And that what has that's what has me worried about Irv Smith. I love to say that, yep, this is Irv Smith's year, but we said that last year, and we said that the year before. And, you know, granted, it's been injuries that have been keeping him from reaching whatever potential he might have. But Dalvin Cook, you know, if he's getting pass game, looks in the pass game, you know, Kirk Cousins, is he's been throwing to Dalvin Cook. He's been throwing to Justin Jefferson. He's been throwing to Adam Thielen, obviously. Kirk and Adam Thielen have a really good connection, you know, because he's just a touchdown machine. He might not get a bunch of targets, but he's a touchdown machine, Adam Thielen is. So, you know, it makes me wonder – is Kirk Cousins suddenly going to be dialing in to Irv Smith? I, I don't know. You know, I, I want to say that he's a sleeper, but, you know, I've kind of been falling off him a little bit. I, I'm not sure, you know, the way things seem to be going, that there's going to be too much room for him to have that breakout tight end one season. I'm not saying he can't be tight end two. Like, say he falls in a tight end 14-15. He could be a decent, you know, streamer. I, I just don't know if that upside is there because of the way the offense is going. Yeah. Okay. That that doesn't that doesn't make me too excited anymore. Um, My bad. I, no. I don't want to rain on the parade. <laughs> you know, hey, he has the upside. I'm no. Saying, for me, I don't know if I see that panning out. I hear you. I hear you. I think you. I think you know. I think you made yourself super clear on that one. I, th- I think. I think that what you said. What you said makes sense because there's a lot of question marks to see. Like, who is that going to be that guy? You know, behind mm-hmm. the, the the two guys that that we do know is going to get their targets, right? Um, yeah. Now, I, I want to talk about Thursday night's game, and you know, Sean McVay did say that both K Makers and Dal Henderson uh, are going to be ready for that game. How nervous are you? to put K-Makers in your lineup on Thursday. Okay, so it's not that I'm nervous about, you know, putting K-Makers in my lineup. I'm nervous if I'm a guy that drafted K-Makers and the guy that has Daryl Henderson is starting him too. You know what I mean? Because he probably got Daryl Henderson at a much cheaper price and they might end up having similar workloads, especially his first week. So for me, I don't care if I have to put K-Makers in my lineup. But, you know, I feel a lot better if I'm the guy that has Daryl Henderson. It's like, all right, I'm going to vulture some of these touches, hopefully, from the guy that has Cam Akers. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Especially if you're <laughs> playing against each other. So, I, I I don't have any reservation about Cam. Uh, I, 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 go ahead. I could, I could, like, towards the end of last year, like, in the fantasy playoffs, like, it's kind of what happened, right? Like, where, like, you right. kind of didn't know who was going to be the guy. Yeah. So, like, the guy who's, who was playing – Dal Henderson, like, who should I play, right? And, like, we had a situation in our league last year where it was, like, Dal Henderson versus Sean Michelle in the finals. Mm-hmm. And it was, like, I think neither of them did their thing. Right. Not <laughs> right? surprising. So, uh, 
yeah yeah so yeah i'm but anyway go, go ahead I, I i really interrupted you no you're fine no it's not a problem but um with cam Akers, you know they've been saying they want to use him as a you know workhorse back and then suddenly oh well daryl henderson might be playing cam Akers was held out of the preseason because he was dealing with an injury they, was, they said it was precautionary you know but there are questions about whether he's going to be up to speed fully for the first week At the end of the day i don't think that this is going to be a running game that they're going to be playing you know this is the, this is the bills and the rams and they're both loaded at receiver they're both have very good quarterbacks you know it's going to be an offensive explosion but i don't know if it's going to be in the realm of the running backs and that's what kind of has me worried a bit i'm not too worried i just said i wasn't worried but i'm not too worried but i'm slightly worried because (laughs) (laughs) you know daryl henderson you know he can catch cam Akers can catch but i don't think either of them are going to get like a very streamlined you know solid workload if that makes sense so i'm not betting on the running backs to be doing the receiving work for the team. That makes sense. Cause you got Cooper cup and now Allen Robinson's there, which is very exciting. That's going to be interesting. Something I'm watching closely. Um, just kind of pivoting off of the running backs, but uh, with the running backs, if obviously start cam makers, if you have them, you know, it's the first week, just see how it goes. Um, Daryl Henderson owners start him too. see how he goes. <laughs> you can't get hurt if you're Daryl Henderson owner and he does well. I hear that man. Um, a couple couple uh, notes about uh, so, some backfields. Uh, Eno Benjamin, uh, the Athletics' Doug Holler reported that he may have secured the Cardinals' number two running back job. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, obviously Dar- they signed Daryl Hen- Williams to be that guy, right? Yeah. Um, but it seems like Eno Benjamin made a lot of strides this offseason uh, and was able to kind of like take that job over, uh, which is a good sign because if James kind of were to get hurt, you know, Benjamin is the more exciting player, you know, yeah. you know between him and Dow Williams, the guy who could potentially be a little bit more explosive as well. So that, that's good to know. Uh, we could see a little bit of a split between those two if James Connor were to get hurt. Uh, but mm-hmm. I do think it's James Connor as the clear number one, uh, three down roll, and then followed by, you know, Benjamin followed by Dow Williams. So that, that's, that's good to have a little bit of clarity on that. Um, Brian Robinson, you know, obviously he was placed on on the uh, non-football injury list. Um, you know, now with him, it's like a lot of people are putting him on their IR right mm-hmm. now, right? And, and, yeah. uh, and like they're drafting him, putting him on the IR, and then they're excited for for a potential return here. Now, I want to know, man, like, is the, like, what is the point? What is the point of having Brian Robinson, you know, on your bench now i can understand like if antonio gibson were to get hurt and brian robinson were to come back and he is the clear early down guy right that mm-hmm. you can see where the value is there but do you think there's any chance that brian robinson takes over that early down role or do you think they end up splitting splitting it and there's no real point of having him on your roster okay so it sounds like you're not it very you know you know the idea of brian robinson being the early down guy right now i kind of am and, and and that you know I might just buy be buying in the preseason hype, and it sucks obviously because you know the whole injury you know shooting thing really complicates things and it makes it a lot more difficult to figure out. But I think that Brian Robinson when he comes back he's going to be the lead back. That that's just me, and I'm not saying that he's going to be the lead back as in he's going to be there all three downs and Antonio Gibson's only going to come in when he's tired, like when Brian Robinson's tired. That's not the case. But I'm just saying you're going to talk about early down work. You're going to talk about probably goal line. 
I think Brian Robinson's getting those touches. And I think that makes him a value for where he's going. And I'm happy keeping him on the bench. I actually did that, I think, in our league. You know? <laughs> so yeah. I, I'm I'm okay with keeping Brian Robinson on the bench. It, it's only the first four weeks right now. We'll see how his recovery goes. You know, obviously hope he does really well. I know he's gonna come back strong. But um I, I'm happy taking him. I, I as far as I'm concerned, people taking Antonio Gibson in like the eighth round is still it's just a waste of a pick. Because we he's like the biggest wild card, I think, at running back, even over a bunch of guys that, you know, you'd think would be a lot more like I don't want to say sus, but their workload is sus. So, so, yeah. Well, with so, the, well, at least with Antonio Gibson right now, you know that you're getting several weeks of of him as their guy on early downs, right? Mm-hmm. So that that I, I can understand taking Antonio Gibson. Now, but taking Brian Robinson, like, what is what are the touches going to look like? Yeah, sure. Like, will he be their primary goal line guy? Probably. I, I can yeah. see that happening. Um, but. I don't I don't think Antonio Gibson's gonna go away. Like I can still see Antonio Gibson getting like, you know, eight to ten carries. Yeah, if I'm assuming like in the scenario that Brian Robinson becomes their RB one, mm-hmm. like I I think Brian Robinson's workload's gonna be somewhat capped, you know, between ten to twelve carries also. You know, so yeah. I only see upside for Brian Robinson if Gibson were to get hurt because they still have McKissick on passing downs. So an early down role is the offense gonna be good. Uh is the offense gonna be good too. To, to where we can kind of uh, commit to Brian Robinson as someone who could, you know, score a bunch of touchdowns, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. That's, that's that's my thing with 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 him. It's like I'm not sure because and the reason why I bring I bring this up again in this podcast. I know we talked about it recently. It's because I've been getting a lot of questions about him and I've been seeing him on a lot of rosters, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I just don't see the upside with him, right? On rosters, that, you know, at that point of drafts, I'm like I'm trying to get guys who are gonna not be roster clockers. And I think that Brian Robinson is a classic case of being a roster, uh, roster cluster. Yeah. Roster cluster. Is that, is that like a word? That. <laughs> I, well, it is now. It yeah. Is yeah, now. yeah. He's a roster no, I hear cluster. I hear what you're saying because, you know, taking Brian Robinson isn't like taking DeAndre Hopkins, you know, or that kind of thing or anybody. Like exactly. That. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I don't know. I don't know. That's kind of how I feel about it. Now, um, I want to talk about Russell Wilson real quick. Isn't the last thing we're going to we want to talk about this? Year? And after I got one thing to ask you then afterwards, but yes, uh, is it about is it it's not, it's not about Brian Robinson though? No, no. Okay, okay, gotcha, gotcha. All right, we'll we'll, we'll stop we'll stop with you with your thing. Uh, right. So, but Russell Wilson though, like, just want to mention, man, he is the second highest paid quarterback now, right? Like, yeah, dude, yeah, I think that's it. The dude got a massive contract. Okay, I just mm-hmm. wanted to say that, like, for all the people who think that Russell Wilson. Wasn't a good quarterback, an elite quarterback. It seems like the market thinks otherwise. Yeah. Okay. And I just that's all I want to say. That's yeah, all I got to say about the that. The other thing that's funny about that, you know, I, I just remember I saw a report somewhere that like Russell Wilson said that he wants this to be a, a team friendly contract. And I just kind of laughed because <laughs> it's like almost $50 million a year. Oh, yeah, that's team friendly. <laughs> I guess the way the cap yeah. can be. But that's that's just hilarious to me. I think just, it, that just means he'll be more friendly to his team right? because yeah. he has more money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, look at no, more dinners, more more yeah. team dinners. Yeah, it'll be fine. Exactly, exactly, so, exactly. My question for you, because we're coming down to the wire. Where is Will Fuller? You've been all over him. Where is he signing? <laughs> it, it, I I don't know, man. I don't know. This is a very peculiar is he going situation. To sign? I've been I've been hearing it. You know, 
I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I and every day, every day, I, I, I Google Wolf Fuller's name. Yeah, just to see. <laughs> just waiting you know, for the news well, to come. You, up. you don't have you don't have to do it anymore because we have notifications now. But um, yeah, yeah, but yeah, man. I, I I don't know. Like it's crazy because I think you would have thought that. I think it is odd too, and I think it just goes to show that you know teams might not just value him, right? Teams might might say like, hey, listen, like how much production am I going to get from him? Um, number one, number two, like is he going to be able to stay healthy? You know, number mm-hmm. three, like you know he's coming off that PED thing, and you know is he in shape like you know all that all that kind of stuff kind of makes me think you know and it's so interesting to me that you know he's not signed yet now would mm-hmm. i be surprised if he signs in the next few days no like i'll be like oh there there it is there it is yeah. finally no, you no watch. as we get off this podcast there's gonna be like a labor day yeah just to yeah, stick it to nah. Zach. <laughs> no we'll see that like i i don't know like obviously with every day that passes by like there's less and less chance that he gets signed right because yeah. what what are you really getting at this point like you know you know for from him like you know he's he hasn't you know obviously someone like him doesn't want to you know go and go through training camp and all that kind of stuff he just wants to be like instant spark for a team but he might end up starting slow right who knows mm-hmm. um yeah. but but yeah that's a good question man i, I don't know where he's at i, I don't know like i i you know, I'm hoping that he signs with the team, and you know he'll he instantly becomes like their wide receiver one. You know, in, yeah, not here after a couple of weeks of being with them. But at this point, man, I don't know. I I haven't. You know, it's funny because I haven't been drafting him in the last couple of drafts that I've done. Mm-hmm. Like I haven't even considered him. He's still in the waiver wire in, in a few leagues of mine. Um, so you know, yeah. Are, are you um are you keeping tabs on him? Like I know we talked about the watch list a couple episodes ago. Yeah, yeah, um, he's on my watch list. He's on my yeah, watch list. You know, he's just there. It, 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 He's there. Like, if one of my guys on my bench, like, you know, I think that he's just not valuable anymore. Like, you know, Will Fuller might be somebody I can add up. But it, it has to be a relatively deeper league or a league where, like, we're just rostering a ton of players. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but other than that, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good question, man. It's a good yeah. question. Um, all right. We're going to wrap it up here, guys. Uh, this was our, our first episode of our daily podcast. So we appreciate you guys. Uh, and by the way, like we're live on YouTube, like we did this whole thing live on YouTube. So make sure that you subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, we'll be live every day on YouTube and then this will go right into the podcast feed. So you guys are going to get it on the podcast as well. So, you know, consume it however you want. Uh, but I think, you know, this is a great place to be during the fantasy football season. We're going to have it all for you, right? Waivers, matchups, we're going to go in depth yeah, into all of it. Okay. Uh, so, you know, we'll be here for you guys the entire season. You can rely on us and, uh, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll do our thing. So we appreciate you guys. We'll talk to you soon. Uh, and we will, we will, we will be back tomorrow, 9am, same time, Eastern time. See you guys later.